Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week we have a guest all the way from Dubai. He's a Tunisian stylist, and his name is Usama Al Shabbi. Hello. Hey. Hello. How is my pronunciation of your last name? <laughs> I mean, te- I mean, technically, it's a Shabbi, but like, yeah. Oh, whatever. Like on paper, it's like an A, and like there's an A everywhere, so let's just keep it A's. So a Shabbi. It's pretty much the same. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I actually got to score an E for my last name. The L is with an E instead of an A, so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like our names are like Arab names. So either way, they're both, like you write them the exact same way, but Arabi. Exactly. the same in Arabic. So even like Osama, Osama, like there's so many writings of my name in like, like in the, like in, on my, on my passport. And like, mm-hmm. in real, like in, when you actually write it down in Arabic, it just like down to this oh yeah like my mom like her name on her passport versus her name on like different paperwork her name is spelled in so many different ways it's actually comical yeah when actually in arabic there's no like you can't go that far <laughs> this is exactly just there, it's just there's just one way to spell it exactly um so you're were you born in tunis no i was uh born and raised in france and like oh wow it's actually in a, in a little town next to Lyon. Do you know where's Lyon? I mean, I've never been there, but I've heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know her. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like a little, it's not a village. It's like more of a little town. It's like yeah. five minutes from Lyon. Um, and I stayed there like until I was like 20 something. And then I went to Lyon to actually study in university uh, where I studied languages and marketing communication, like, nothing oh cool whatsoever i mean honestly i feel like for the most part most people the degree they get it doesn't end up being what they pursue but i think that it'll like help you in a lot of ways it does because i mean it was an intentional choice from me because i was like because i knew i liked fashion from the like the Mm get-go and i was like well because i i was so sure that i did not want to be like on the designing side of things although okay sketching and like i was like this really creepy kid that just <laughs> and like draws for like hours i was weird i was a weirdo dude that's literally me i would creepishly like draw like sketches and like take magazines and cut things out and like put them into a little sketchbook like a creep yeah yeah, yeah. i was weird and then yeah i would finish my drawings like first of all i would never color my drawings like i just draw 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 and then mm-hmm. obviously after the three hours drawing session i would just like throwing them in the trash like i have no like you know, nothing left whatsoever of what I've like been drawing. All those yeah. amazing drawings. Like I actually was like I Why I, did you throw them away? I was just weird. Like after the session I'd be like, okay, my emotions are out. Let's just get this out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, it was like more like therapy for you. It was like a therapeutic thing. Yeah, it was like expression. Like I was I think I was not so aware of it at that age, you know? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and then obviously like I arrived in like high school, like even not even before high school, in, like middle school. And like, everyone was like, oh, can you draw that for me? Can you draw that for me? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. damn, I'm good. You know, like, I'm good at that. People want me to draw things for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously like, so, and this was when I was like maybe 15, I think, something like that. My art teacher was like, listen, like, there's no way you're not going to fine arts. Like, you have to go to fine arts. And in my head, I'm like, mm, what about I tell my dad I'm going to fine arts and he's just going to like. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm assuming that your dad immigrated to France from Tunis. Yeah, my dad was born in Tunis, and he came. Okay, to he was like 
it was actually super. No, actually, my dad was born and I'm, I don't even know. I think he was. <laughs> no, 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 my dad was born in Tunis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandfather was born in Algeria. Okay. But so, so my dad was like, he came, he was six years old. So. Oh, so he was a baby. He was a baby. So like he like doesn't even know what it feels like to live in Tunis for like a long period of time. Yeah. And, but like, even still, he was a little bit more traditional in the sense of like going into like the arts field was like, no, you're not doing that. But the thing is they, the, the, the great thing with my parents is that they did not get involved in like, you're not doing, but they would give their opinion quite frankly. You know what okay, I mean? Okay. That's fair. That's it's, totally fair. Very like a, not a brutal opinion, but like, it was like, oh, well maybe you can do that as a hobby instead of, yeah. your, you know, like a lifetime decision. Yeah. Uh, my mom on the other side was like more, a bit more traditional than like, cause like my mom came to France right after she got married. Gotcha. So straight up, she held on to her values and like, you know, everything was, uh, you know, she, she still had this very like idealistic vision of like studies and like, oh, like you need a degree. And like, if you're a lawyer, it's even better. You know what I mean? Which I definitely think a lot of parents, regardless of like where they were raised, it just gives them like, makes them feel more comfortable knowing that this person, my child will always be able to find a job if they have like a more reliable, you know, a degree and stuff like that. I think that parents are just paranoid about shit like that. Because trust me, my parents would say the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a sense of pride that comes with it it's like oh mm-hmm. plus like my mom has always been in the medical field okay so for her, it was like yeah like kind of meant to be and then very quickly she realized that first of all i suck at math one thing <laughs> same I'm really bad at science i'm like i'm bad at all of these things but i used to write a lot like i was really good at like writing mm-hmm. so she was like oh well maybe you should go into like the you know like a more i don't know intellectual literal side of things and i was like yeah not happening so, you're like pass i'm gonna uh, pass on that we're gonna pass this is what we're not doing <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 doing. so plus like we're two kids like it's me and my younger sister so it was like like you know like hope when parents are super focused with each, each one of you guys <laughs> yeah like i'm gonna take care of this one <laughs> you take care of this and so you only have one sibling yeah yeah the younger wow sister. what's that like <laughs> it's like it's a very like so basically like in and like my my cousins, they're all like four or five in their families, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would gather like for like occasions like Eid and like, you know, like let's say New Year's or something. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, like here comes the, like they literally felt like we were a Western family. Because there's only two of you. No, 100%. Like, you guys are so modern. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents were like, well, listen, they're, actually, they're driving us crazy. So I think we have enough. <laughs> enough. Yeah. Them. They're like, we tapped out at two. So yeah. yeah. exactly. But yeah, they never got involved in the sense of like, oh, this is what you're not doing. And like, it was never like a problem in that sense. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Like, I was very much like decided of what I did not want to do. Like, for example, yeah. like, um, I'm going to keep it as general as possible, like during my studies. And that's what I did until, um, you know, like I had to like actually go to university. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like designing. Who's that? Like, I just really did not want to design, you know? And why, like, was there a particular reason you didn't want to be on the design end of it? Because I felt like, okay, like, if you, that's my perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, if I design, first of all, I have to be a design genius. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to make it. I was like, okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. 
you know, like I want to, and I was like, well, I'm 17. If I was a design genius, maybe I would have known before. <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think that's my path. I, don't I love that as a 17 year old, you were like, well, if I'm not a design genius now, I guess I'm not a design genius. Like I'm 17 there. I've had enough time. I was fair with myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, more seriously, I was like, yeah, like I'd rather do something that like I excel at rather than just like, I've never really been into like, you know, like designing and like fabrics and like all the technical aspect of things. Yeah. Like from a like really young age, I was very like commercial in my approach of things. Like you just loved fashion. Yeah, I just loved fashion. I loved covers. Yeah. I loved like billboards. Like fashion in its most cliche aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like you know, like the finally, the finally of the runway and like all of that thing, and like it was more of like the fashion codes as a whole and like what it represented to people. You know? Yeah. When did you like realize that you loved fashion? Like, how old were you? Oh, I was young. Like, okay, funny story, but it's the first time this story has been told. <laughs> oh my god, love it! Arab American Psycho exclusive. Oh, uh, exclusive. So I was, yeah, I think I was like maybe fourteen. No, I was thirteen. Maybe I was thirteen. And my mom received as a gift a Louis Vuitton umbrella. Oh my God. Whoever gave her that gift is a lovely person. It's a lovely person. I'm not sure I was the lovely son, but <laughs> so one day it's on a super, super windy day. I decided to take that umbrella with me to, I think it was <laughs> middle, middle school, right? Yeah. Super windy. And like, basically when like I used to live in like school, I have to like go like the street was like kind of a hill and the wind was going the opposite side. Oh, so that's this is sounds terrible meaning, so far. If your umbrella is expensive. You're not using your umbrella. Yeah. Whatever my stubborn self, I decide to open the umbrella. <laughs> After 20 minutes, the umbrella like the umbrella didn't break, but it just like flipped completely. Yeah, like flips inside out. Exactly, but it but it was a massive umbrella, so only one side of it flipped, like just a, okay, basically. And I was like, all right, like I'm super smart. I'm just gonna flip it the other way. <laughs> so I flip it the other way, and it literally breaks in my hands. <gasps> anyway i'm like all right like so my mom was working she was like <clears throat> she was working and stuff so i was like okay let me just go home i'll put it back in this little viton case <laughs> maybe she won't notice yeah no one will notice so little did i know my mom was off like the next day and like she wanted her like the weather was shambolic at the time yeah put her umbrella to the to, to do her little like grocery shopping or whatever and she finds out that it's broken and she got really, 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 like really pissed. So she comes home and she just shoves it down the trash. Okay. Like she, she was fuming. Oh my God. I would be so pissed. I was like, okay. Like in my head, I'm like sitting in my room. I'm like, this is a Louis Vuitton umbrella. And it was like monogram fabric. And it was like a really, like, I think it was a vintage thing or something. I was like, all right, this fabric cannot go to waste. Like it was really like, min like tiny monogram. Oh, love it. Well, I went and I started cutting off like the pieces that I could cut off of the fabric. Anyway, like I kept this fabric like it was so mind you, it's like this plasticky Louis Vuitton printed fabric. Yeah, I mean, it's like a rain, you know, it's supposed to be rain, water repellent. Exactly. But like I was like, what the hell am I going to do with that? I have no clue, but it's not going to the trash, right? Anyway, so I kept it for like a week. And then one day I went and I was out and it was cold as hell. So I went and got this like five euros scarf, like wool scarf. 
from this like whatever store on the street. Like I just needed like a scarf to cover myself with that. Mm-hmm. I go home and I see the scarf and the piece of fabric. So I'm like, all right. First of all, I did not know how to sew. So I mm-hmm. needed to, like, So I started cutting little squares in the fabric and I started gluing this shit on my scarf. Like little patches. Little patches. Little oh, little LV patches. Oh, I love that. Anyway, it looked, by the way, it looked amazing. I have no clue how, but like, the wool was really bad quality and the glue was thick as hell. So it was just like sticking to the wool. Okay. And then the next day, obviously I go back to middle school, like I'm back to school and this guy has the exact same scarf that I bought from this five euro store. Right. And he calls me out in front of everyone. He's like, by the way, your scarf is not a Louis Vuitton scarf. It's not. He's like, wow. This is your umbrella from last week. Honestly, what a bitch. First of all, what a bitch. You're rude. Yeah. <laughs> You're rude, first of all. So rude. Um, no, it's not. Listen, I panicked. I went to the bathroom and I started like trying to like rip the patches off my sh- my. Oh my, my god. Scarf. And I was like, and I was like laughing at the same time because it was like panic and excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And then obviously the glue was too strong, so it ruined my scarf and my scarf went to the fucking trash. <laughs> but oh my god, that's so tragic. Was- it was, it was my level of commitment to labels. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, when you saw the the umbrella, did you, like, at the time, like, were you familiar with Louis Vuitton? Like, did you know, like, oh, this is a Louis Vuitton? Or did you not? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was so informed. I was informed. That- but it wasn't informed from, like, I want to work in fashion perspective, okay? It was like, you know how, like, so at, at a very young age, I just saw fashion as, like, a lifestyle you know what i mean yeah i was just like okay like i just want to afford that do you know what i mean yeah it was like okay that's nice and that's that and that's that but i wasn't really into i mean like i had my phases where like like for example we'd go to tunis with my family and like sometimes you know like how from like two to four everyone is sleeping in the house everyone is napping yeah yeah yeah. because it's like hot outside and all that stuff there's no one in the streets so like I would turn on the I would turn on the TV and we didn't have like French channels or anything. So the only like channel that was on everyone's like TV there, um, and that was like an uh, it was always in my grandmother had it, my parents had it in the house. Everyone had it. it was fashion TV. Okay. And it was like ghetto. The visuals were ghetto. It was like a mix <laughs> of parties and like runway moments and then their party again. And it was, it was oh my God. So it was, a, it was just like a shit show. It was like a shit show. Yeah. It was like a yeah. really uh, crack cocaine party mixed with like oh my God. Harmony Privé Couture end of show situation. That's very confusing. Very confusing. So I would watch and then very quickly I was like shit like because they would only put the name of the designer at the end of the show. So I quickly was like, okay, like I need to be able to recognize what's happening before it actually starts. You know that thing? And then like you, you wanted to be able to like identify the designer before the designer's name was like given to you? Yeah. Oh my God. I, like, I, yeah. Okay. American obsession. So, and then I just started informing myself, but I was like, you know how like in, when like you have a group of friends and like one is doing sports, one is doing that, one is doing that, uh, one is playing piano or whatever one is, you know? And I was like, I need to be an expert in something. Mm-hmm. So I self-made myself an expert at the time. <laughs> That's amazing, though. I was like, I need to know everything. I need to this. I need to that. Like, it was actually hilarious. So I started, like, over-informing myself, which mm-hmm. 
which be, which actually came from a very like like I didn't I, I did it because obviously I loved fashion, but I was I wanted to be right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's say like when fashion would be like brought up on the table, I was like, oh, I need to I need to be the one who who can like just cut the slice in half and be like, listen, this is the reality. You know what I mean? Like you basically were like, I love fashion. So I want to know what the fuck I'm talking about when I talk about it. So I don't sound like, you know, like a fraud or whatever. You know what I mean? You're like, if I'm going to love this thing, I want to know everything about it. Exactly. And like, uh, even like now, like that's what I tell my friends. I'm like, you guys, I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about, there's so many things I'm not able to talk about. If there's one thing I talk about and I know what I'm talking about is fashion. You know what I mean? And I 100% agree with that. Like, I don't like to talk about things that I don't know about, not for any reason other than it's like, what, what, what do I have to contribute to this if I actually have no knowledge in this matter? Like, what, what do I have to say about it? I'm not going to speak just to, like, fill the space, you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I honestly, I think that's honestly the move is, like, only talk about things that you know about. And, like, if you don't know about it, you can ask questions, but don't bullshit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, don't like, just don't come up with things, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So, and plus like, so I was, I grew up in this like little town. So like fashion was a thing, but like from its most um, mainstream aspect of things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like obviously everyone knew what Louis Vuitton was. Everyone knew Mm -hmm. what what Dolce & Gabbana was, what Gucci was, but like no one actually got into the, like the, you know, the detail of things, because even at the time, fashion wasn't so democratic, you know, Mm -hmm. like there wasn't any rappers front row at fashion shows. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, like fashion was way more exclusive when I was growing up and I loved it. Like it was completely like unattainable for me. Like I never was like, I was never like, Oh, I'm going to go to a fashion show one day. I'm like, I'm never going to go to a fashion show ever. Yeah. It was very elitist. Yeah. It was like this really tiny community. And then in the middle of that, you'd have like people from the music industry, mm-hmm. but even the people from the music industry, they'd be the ones that actually attend these shows. It was like a really niche community of people. Exactly. You know, rather than now, because like it's becoming extremely democratic, very like, you know, like there's the hype thing, like everything is happening at once. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Virgil Abloh at LV being the most simple of things. And then all of the, you know, of all of his friends are just front row at the show or like, yeah. like I think uh, during menswear in Paris, um, what's his name? Maluma. He was front row at uh, Jonathan Anderson. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he was front row at Jonathan Anderson. And I was like, that's it's, wild. It's still a brand that if you're not into fashion and you're not following what's happening, you most probably wouldn't even know what the hell it is, you know? But like, that's so crazy to me that like, you know, I, like, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Maluma fan. I'll say that much, but like, I wouldn't associate him in my mind with like the fashion world. Maybe I'm just wrong. I know that he like does some like crazy shit on the red carpet and stuff like that, but like still in my mind, I'm like, I feel like he doesn't give a fuck about fashion. Maybe I'm like, wrong. I don't, same. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, That's wild. So he was there at LV, which I was like, okay, fair enough. Like he's there at Louis Vuitton makes like total sense because they're like, close friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but like, and at, what is it called? Um, at Jonathan Anderson, it was just way too, like, how did you guys got together? You know I'm what like, I mean? like kind of like envisioning it in my mind and just like, what the fuck? Like that just doesn't make sense to me. But like, that's, that's where we're at right now. Like the people 
it's all kind of about like clout and like, who am I going to have sitting front row at my show? And like, what's going to be like, what's going to make it like, Oh my God, did you hear that this person was at this show? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. And then it's like, like at the time, like for example, when Tom Ford left Gucci, Mm -hmm. okay, some, so many people were regretting the, the Gucci years. I mean, left Gucci, the whole entire drama, but yeah, (laughs) the, the, the whole entire drama, like, I mean, people were like regretting him and stuff like that, but it wasn't that much of a mainstream conversation where like, you can have people literally just sitting in a corner talking about it. Rather than yeah. now, uh, when Phoebe left Celine, everyone is everyone fucking mourned. Everyone is in mourning. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I don't know. It's just like this whole wave, like social media, the Kardashians, like you know. And it's so wild to me, also. Like when the Kardashians first came out, I never in a million years thought like they're going to infiltrate the fashion world. That's what's going to fucking happen. I mean, they had terrible style, like absolutely horrible, like horrific style. And I feel like they're very much contributing to making the trend mainstream. Oh my God, a thousand percent. Yeah. They're like, they're like, it's like mixing the trend with water to make it more easily swallowable. You know what Uh, I mean? Yeah. They, they make it, I mean, to a certain degree, they make it more wearable. I think that Kim Kardashian, like definitely the shit she wears. I'm like, yeah, no. Why are you wearing that to the grocery store? That's insane. Um, but, but I feel like her sisters do wear things in a more casual wearable way. You know what I mean? I guess it's just like the, you know, like how it's like this, a whole new dynamic of like communication is the best tool we have and everyone mm-hmm. is just using it at their advantage. And like, she knows damn well than going out with like a complete see-through tank top, the photo yeah. is just going to be over the whole entire internet. You know? Oh, like, oh like, yeah. She, I mean, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. Like before you, you had, you needed a cover to like actually break the internet. Now yeah. just go out with like a revealing weirdo look, like just go get some strawberries in a bikini and you're making the headlines. I mean, even like at fashion week, which I'm already starting to plan for slash get like already I'm annoyed about it because there's just these girls who show up wearing shit that I'm like, what the actual fuck are you wearing? Like you're literally wearing this to get the attention of street style photographers and be like, look at me, take my picture. And there's something kind of desperate about it that I'm just like, I really can't stand it. Like, I think that fashion is, especially when you're in the fashion scene, it is an opportunity to wear things that you wouldn't normally wear in normal life because, you know, there are certain fashion-y things that like maybe you can't wear to your job or whatever. And I think that it is fun to kind of explore that. But I think that sometimes it can very much seem like they're wearing a costume and it just seems weird. But the thing is, it's because now we're becoming so aware of things that we became aware of why people are doing that. But like Mm -hmm. five years ago, it was not even that like, I remember like I was maybe, uh, I wasn't even 18. Um, So I would go to Paris and like try to attend these shows, which I wasn't even invited to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I, you know, I wasn't backed up by like a press or a publication. Like obviously had no other purpose than just going to please my eyes, basically. A hundred percent. It was, and I would go and like sometimes like, cause at the time it wasn't so democratic. So you wouldn't have like 
I don't know, like 40 people lining up to see a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So you'll have like a standing side where people actually stand and sometimes you actually can go through. And at the time, especially when you're not invited, especially when you're not invited, sometimes you feel like being noticed, like obviously like at the time it wasn't close to me either, but you like, if you get a couple of street style shots, you're like, at least I got home with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which can be really fun to watch though, but I've had some, you know, a bit like a bit of weird moments. <laughs> I mean, no, now. street, it's definitely, I feel like there's something, it's actually, I, I, that's why like I go back and forth about how I feel about street style because there is something about it that it's like, oh my God, like my foot, this outfit that I wore today got street styled like so many times. Like, I guess it must be a really good outfit. Like you feel validated and it's kind of frustrating because I'm sure you know this, but like a lot of times, let's say like you get like, I don't know, your photo taken 40 times that day, but then you don't see it anywhere. Like it doesn't, it's not public. And then it's like, what the fuck? Like, what did I do that for? Did I look that ugly on the resume? Yeah. And also I, oh my God, honestly, every street style photo I've ever seen of myself, I swear it's like they purposefully are like, how can I make you look as ugly as possible? Like, where can I find the lighting? Yeah. Like, how can I make you look super tired and gross? Like, honestly, I'm like, I know I don't look like that. And I'm just like, this is, this is traumatic for me. But I mean, I just think that in a lot of ways, it is really nice that fashion, like you said, has become more democratic. I mean, growing up, I never thought I would go to a fashion show. And then even becoming a part of like, you know, the influencer content creator realm, there's still like in the beginning stages, like kind of the stigma between, oh, you're like a blogger, like, oh, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's wild to me now that like designers want people who do what I do at their shows. And I mean, you know, a lot of times, like I I know it's, it's to do with like, they want more engagement. They want more their, you know, their pieces to reach a larger audience. And, you know, they're, you know, different influencers have different audiences, but it's still so mind boggling to me, like getting invitations to fashion shows will never, I don't think I'll ever like think it's normal. Like it'll always be exciting to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, the one thing that though, like, it's very much now like, um, like triggers me a bit now is that, so obviously before, like I was just this like, kind of like, you know, young kid that was obsessed with fashion. So I wouldn't really have a purpose to go to a fashion show, let's say, but now like, a, like I'll have an opportunity to go, let's say for a publication, like mm-hmm. for a publication, for example. And it's true that, but I think the middle, me coming from the middle East now ch- changes a lot the things mm-hmm. which is a bit like, weird but like for example like before when i'd go to fashion week first of all if i'm in france obviously i'd be speaking with them in french mm-hmm. um, these people and all these pr people they would just approach me like in a different way you know they'd be like okay like all right like you're just um a young north african just making your way where mm-hmm. you should anyway, basically and are these like but, french you know, people yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, most of the time. And now, like, so my last fashion week was, like, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, a year ago. And it was menswear in Paris. And I arrived there, and I was like, um, um, I'm just not going to speak in, in French with these people. So and I decided... Why did you feel that way? With everyone. Because I reached to the, the first show I go to. So I arrive. 
And I'm always wearing a hat. I always have a baseball hat on. Mm-hmm. A black hat. I've so noticed that in my stalking of you. <laughs> Every single shot. So I yeah. was like, okay. Like, uh, anyway, I'm just like arriving to this show. Don't even remember the brand. And the guy's like, oh, for people. And he's speaking to me in French. He's like, oh, for the people who don't have an invite, it's on this side. And I'm like, you piece of shit. Like, and I have they just assumed that you didn't have an invite. Yeah, because like, you know, like there's this whole stigma in France of like you're a North African and mm-hmm. then, you know, like you come from the suburbs or like you're coming from this like um, rough area. None of that, babe. None of that, you know. So then I get there and I, just, I, I hand him my invite, whatever. And then I was like, OK, the next show, I'm just going to start talking in English with these people. And I actually got treated really fairly, which is stupid. But that's like, insane. Suddenly, suddenly, when you have a conversation with these people, they're like, oh, like. Um, so where are you from? I'm like, oh, so um, I'm based in Dubai. Like I'm coming from Dubai. And like out of the blue, you pass from this North African, from a French, from a minority in France to uh, a potentially rich and rich and bougie Middle Eastern man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is a very weird approach. But I'm like, uh, you know, like, like suddenly Dubai is like a different branding. To That's so gross. Honestly, like that actually makes me feel sick to my stomach. Like, it's like, and I'm like, oh God, like, do I need, like, it was cringe, you know, it was just cringe. Yeah. I mean, they're basically saying you have more value now that you're from Dubai because they associate Dubai with like luxury and money and oil or whatever. But if you were just, you know, a North African who was born in France, like they'd be like, ew, gross. Like you're a peasant. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's an approach of it that like, that's like, they get defensive on us on one side and then on the other side, they're like, oh nice like you came all the way from dubai like you're you must be someone i'm not aware of it but you must be someone you know that's wild and plus like when i conversate with them like some like sometimes i can fool them because my french accent is not the first thing that just jumps in you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so they don't find it out straight up they're like oh like what the hell does he sound like i have no clue but yeah yeah big point that it's like french right um but it's just like a different approach of things now like you know i guess I guess it's just, um, whatever. And, you know, and, it's, it's this, the, um, the change and the swift from like, um, a, just a cool, whatever, like young kid that was like, you know, really like into fashion to a professional, like the change is very drastic. I mean, I, it's definitely, and I, it's also wild to me because I lived in Dubai for four years when I was in high school, like a long time ago. And Dubai was not cool when I lived there. Like, I feel like I need to make that clear. There was no fashion scene. Like anytime I wore anything remotely out of the ordinary, people looked at me like I was absolutely insane all the time, but I did not give a single fuck. And I was like, I'm going to wear what I want. And now Dubai has turned into this like fashion hub in a way. Like there's just so much creativity there and there are so many young creatives there it's actually really nice to see but like it's so interesting to see that happen given like I remember when I lived there like there just really wasn't a fashion scene at all this is like back in like 2006 you know what I mean and in such a short amount of time I feel like Dubai has really become a place where fashion is very prevalent yeah it is like um so I've only been here for like less than two years now okay um, and the thing that like triggered me coming here is like, uh, so I first came here on like a family trip mm-hmm. uh, and then we went back to France and stuff. And then there's like, this thing came in the press, like Vogue Arabia for, like is launching in the Middle East. And I was like, wow, that tells you 
a lot about the state of like the fashion industry in the country. Because Definitely. Somehow the major fashion publications are like a barometer of how, mm-hmm. you know, like how advanced the market is. And I was like, if this, this thing is launching on paper just now, it means that we're literally at the very start of things. Mm-hmm. I was like, so it means that it's not too late to catch on the train. <laughs> Dude, that was actually so, really smart of you to like kind of put that together because it's so true. Like the fact that Condé Nast is like, yeah, let's let's print in Dubai is is wild. Yeah. So I was like, listen, we're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Bye. We're leaving. Bye. We're leaving. So and that was like the the, the thing. And I was like. Yeah, it, it just made so much sense. I was like, listen, if they're launching now, it means that, first of all, there's a market for it. Yeah. And, like, Vogue in France has, like, half a decade behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not even a decade, half a, not even half a decade, like 50 years, what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. What I'm... I meant to say something else. Okay, let's forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, were you like doing anything in the style or the fashion world in France before you moved to Dubai? Um, no, not really. I was the so the when I figured out kind of that I wanted to like be in fashion. Uh, I started. So I was I was studying, and then on the side I was working. So I was in sales. Okay. Um, and eventually along along the the path, I started doing some merchandising and then the feedback on it was amazing. Yeah. And the store that I was working at, it was honestly really well received by like, it was just like people were like, oh, I actually think you have an eye for things. And I was doing it with a lot of ease as well. Like it was not really thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it was just it was like came naturally. Yeah, I was just having a lot of fun. I was like, this hat, this jacket, this shoes, let's go. Basically, it was quick, quite quick. And then I was like, okay, like, how can I, because I was studying languages and communication, so it was so far from fashion in on the paper, at least. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, like, I might as well try to, like, specify my degree by doing an internship. So the second, I think it was the third or fourth time I came to Dubai, actually. I came for an internship, which was in a consulting slash social media agency. Okay. Uh, it was like a two month thing and um, they take care of a lot of local designers and stuff like that. They're, they're like, you know, cause it's social media as well. So like uh, influencers were going in and out of the showroom. So like, and I was, I wasn't familiar with any of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless like I was just watching what was happening on social, but again, I was watching what was happening on social in France, not in the middle East. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. And then, um i was on the social media team and somehow sometimes like they'll shoot like the lookbooks for their clients and stuff like that so uh sometimes i'd get involved in the styling and stuff and i was like oh well that's actually like this is the moment i realized that this yeah you needed someone to do this you yeah know what i mean yeah uh i think very much in my head i underestimated the fact that the craft in itself was actually a job you know oh i mean like a thousand percent putting together outfits well put together outfits is not something that everyone can do. And I think that's why at least people who love fashion appreciate it so much when they see a well put together outfit, because we all know that that doesn't just like sometimes, yeah, it just kind of goes together, but like you have to have the eye for it to put it together in that way. But the hard part of it is 
how do I claim my I? That's the mm-hmm. hard part. Yeah. The hard part is just going from how do I, how do I realize that I actually have an eye for this thing that I actually love and I, it's absolutely spontaneous and genuine to I can actually say that that's my job. That was the, that was the transition that was like, you know, it's like a, a whole process. Yeah. So then quickly I was like, yeah, like, so I came back to France. I was supposed to, um, to, to study luxury uh, marketing and ex- like accessories. It was like something very specialized in fashion. Um, and I was like, I need a portfolio. So I started using stuff that I did while I was interning, which um, obviously weren't enough. Like it was probably like two pages, two pages okay. and a half. You push, push it to the max. And uh, I saw some people were using Polyvore, you know, the app. Yeah, I remember Polyvore. Polyvore, like the old thing. I, I loved like, I Polyvore. Like I, I would put together outfits like Anytime I was just sitting down in class, I would have my laptop out and I would be putting together outfits on Polyvore. I'm so sad that they got rid of it. I actually never used it before. So I downloaded Polyvore and I'm like, all right, like people seem to be having fun with this. So I started like doing looks on Polyvore and this was just for myself. And I was trying to test and somehow understand what I like to put together. It makes mm-hmm. sense. But I was trying to push like my limits and like, it's very, ha- it's very hard to layer on polyboard, but like I managed to do it a couple of times and I got super excited. I was like, oh, you think this is a dress? This is three skirts, one top, two shirts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, was getting, I was actually getting, having a lot of fun with that. And then I did a couple of them and I was just having fun sharing them to my friends on WhatsApp. And my friend was like, listen, you should put that in your portfolio. So I literally... Uh, added like my polyvore looks onto my portfolio. There's like 16 of them. And then I had like a full on page where I actually would list every single brand that I used and the piece basically for each look, which filled like three more pages of my portfolio. So I had a <laughs> decent ish portfolio to send. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. 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 You're like, okay, this is, this is sufficient. Yeah. And then obviously like when you, st- I guess when you send that people are like, Oh shit, you really got out of your way to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you, I mean, let's just try. Let's just give it a try. Let's see how things work. Um, and then I had like, I actually flew to Dubai for an, like an interview with a talent agency. And they were like, yeah, like honestly, based on your poor portfolio, we can't hire you as a stylist, but we can offer you an assistant stylist position. I Which was, I mean, like, it's a starting it's point. Fair. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair. No, no, it's absolutely fair. I was really stubborn. <laughs> And my, in my head, my Leo self, I'm like, I'm not an assistant stylist. <gasps> oh my God, I'm dying. The self-entitlement was on top. I was You're like, like no, 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 no. fuck this. No, I'm not an assistant stylist. I am the stylist. You guys are dumb. Yeah, but it's just that I felt, I was like, how like, because I felt like, first of all, like if I'm an assistant, there's not much um, creativity that was going to be put into it. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? other than steam clothing and put paper clips in the back of dresses. Oh my God. Literally steaming is the bane of my existence. Like I hate steaming so much. I had to get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so annoying. Yeah. I hate wrinkles. So with myself, I'm like, like I had like an ironing obsession. So it actually just came, just fell together. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm made for this job. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, anyway, I was following a couple of people like content creators, like influencers and stuff like that. And I started just like DMing people out of the blue. 
uh, and I de- and I DM this this uh, this. She's actually Dubai based. She's this Dubai influencer that I love. Mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Natalia Natalia Shostova. And I'm like, what's her last hey, name? Like, Shostova. Okay, I don't think I know her. Now I want to like find her. Amazing, She's amazing, uh, amazing style. Like I actually genuinely loved her style. So I was like. Like, I'm not going to reach out to someone that I actually don't look up to style-wise, you know? Yeah. So I messaged her and I'm like, hey, like, I don't know. Because she, she, she had a consultancy or like an, a little, an office, basically. <laughs> I didn't know what it was exactly. Yeah. But I was like, okay, you know? So I just messaged her and I'm like, hey, like, are you hiring? She was like, not really, but uh find you very interesting. Do you want to meet? So I literally flew to Dubai for that reason. Oh, my God. And then we met and... Uh, we didn't quite find a way to like work things together, but she was like, you know what? Um, I want to like see how you can do styling wise. So I'm going to put you in touch with this brand and uh, put you in touch with the photographer and you just take care of the creative direction with him and the looks and that's it. And we're good to go. And let's see if you make it. Okay. Um, so the first brand was Elisabetta Frankie. Okay. So anyway, we do the shoot. It goes super smoothly, but like, obviously, I mean, it was like one of my first styling experiences on a shoot. So I was like, there's no fitting. That's, you know what I mean? Like, it was a bit, obviously not, it's the daily thing now, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the time you were, you were kind of figuring out like how you like things done and you know, what you would do differently next time. Like, I think that that's definitely super normal. Yeah. Figuring out how things were being done to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, I figured it out on the spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, well, listen, it was, it's amazing. And then the, after that, like, she did an online interview with Vogue Arabia. And the, the photos of the shoot ended up being featured with the interview. So I was like, all right. That's great. so exciting. Um, like, exciting. Yeah. And we kept, like, working together on a couple of things. And she was like, oh, I have this shoot coming up. I have this coming up. She was like, it's nice for your portfolio. And then. Obviously, along the process, we became really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had my portfolio started building and I was good to go. But like after like a couple of months. Um, and then uh, and then I just started working on a couple of shoots here and there. And, you know, like how people are like, oh, but I never heard of this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's just, I guess, a matter of trust. Like if if you look like you're you're you know, like enjoying it and you know what you're doing. Um, I guess it's just, it's a matter of involvement as well. I'm very, very extremely involved on set, you know? And I think a stylist should be involved. You know what I mean? And I think that like for a shoot, this obviously the photography, the model, everything is important, but I really think that it's the stylist has kind of a really important role in that production where it's like, you know, you, you want to make sure the fit is right and it moves this way and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like, you know, like you pin something and then the pin shows on them. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. Um, and then obviously once you get comfortable, more comfortable, you start getting involved into bigger details, which is like whatever, like um, the makeup or the hair. And like you just give your opinion about it. But at the end, it's still feedback that's being considered. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you have a vision. Set. Yeah, like kind of. I'm I'm very aesthetic, so kind of like 
there's some things like I have, I know nothing about makeup. I know nothing about hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like, that look, like if something looks off, I just know it looks off. Like sometimes I don't know why. I'm just like, listen, this looks off. <laughs> I heard uh, you did an interview with Bogarabia and you were like, review, kind of like critiquing or like looking at some red carpet looks and you were just like, I like this look. I hate the makeup. It's so much makeup. And I was like, that's the thing. Like if the makeup is wrong, it can ruin the entire look. Like you could be wearing the dopest outfit, but if you're wearing like super heavy, like bold makeup, it just doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't go. My, honestly, the thing that like, I feel is so like important is like consistency. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you're known to be going out in the streets with like a heavy, extremely extravagant makeup, obviously I will most probably forget about it after seeing you 60 times with the same eyeliner. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the day, it becomes your identity, you know? Yeah. But if you're just like a super chill person and then out of the blue, you just show up with like this, you know, stack of makeup on your face. Yeah. I'm just like, that's off. Why did you just ruin this look? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I think that everyone kind of has like their signature look. And I, I kind of agree with you. I think every now and then it's fun to kind of play or whatever. But like for me personally, I know my face, I don't like the way it looks when I'm wearing a lot of makeup. Like I feel like some people, their face is made for a lot of makeup and other people, their face is just not made for like a lot of makeup. And I just feel like if I wear like eyeshadow and a bold lip and this and that and like foundation, like I feel like I look like I'm in disguise or something. Like I don't feel like myself. Yeah. But I feel like at the end of the day, like whether it's makeup or fashion, it's not that serious. A hundred percent. It all comes off. Like, um, It's not that serious. I mean, I sometimes I have very like dry opinion on things, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm not really like, and this like dreamy vibe of like, oh, if you, if you like the way it looks, we'd just go out in the streets with it. I don't, I don't believe in that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's ugly, it's ugly. Like, sometimes like you can like it, but it can still be. Oh yeah. Ugly. I mean, I have like friends and even my sisters will be like, oh, do you like this? And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. It's not my style, but I don't hate it. Like that's literally, I say that at least once a week. Like it's not my style, but I don't hate it. That's me basically saying yeah. it's acceptable. <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah, it's like, but like sometimes I think it's just okay to tell people, listen, I know you like this a lot. Yeah. But it looks questionable. Oh, you know what I mean? and there's definitely pieces in my wardrobe that multiple people have told me, I hate that. Please stop wearing that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to keep wearing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I remember that one day um, I meet my friend for lunch and I was wearing this, uh, an orange t-shirt. And I knew damn well going out of the house that orange is not my color. <laughs> she was like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. She's like, listen, orange is not your color. <laughs> and I was You're like, like, whatever. I like, want to wear orange. I, I was like, listen, I know. And at this point, I don't care much, but you made me do it. And I was like, listen, now I want to go home and change my t-shirt. Oh it's my a God. must. See, yeah, I'm more of like, I'm such a dick that I'd be like, yeah, your opinion doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm glad that you you express that feeling but i don't care um Honestly, it's like, i have to be honest it's great to be stubborn you have yeah. to be stubborn yeah you have to be stubborn because at the end of the day it is still your media of communication that's how you express yourself you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you can i mean it's up to you to, if you want to express your shit self that's your freedom do you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> go for it like we all have a shitty side of us yeah. you know like especially like like not quite recently but like maybe over the past three years 
shit fashion just became a thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know. Oh, I know what you mean. I'm already thinking of all the shit fashion in my mind. Yeah, it became a thing. It's like tiny glasses and like, like weird ass wash jeans and straws and diamonds. And I'm like, gonna be honest with you though. I'm not a fan of the small glasses trend, but I genuinely think that if small glasses looked better on me, because I think some people, it does look really good on them. I would have worn small, stupid glasses if they looked good on me, but they honestly looked like I looked like I was like, I don't, it looked ridiculous. Like it looked like I stole a pair of children's sunglasses and put them on. Like I looked so ridiculous, but also like I'm super paranoid about like wrinkles. So I like wearing glasses that actually cover my eyes just because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I need to protect the eyes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to be into glasses a lot until I started like being really into hats. And then I was like, okay, that's a bit of a too much. Yeah. It looks you like you're going to like break into someone's house and rob them. Yeah, I just feel like I'm going hiking at this point. You know? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? We're going to make, you're going to make choices. So sometimes when I'm like in a really like weird snobby mood, I'm like, okay, let's pull the glasses out. Otherwise I like to have a pair, but I don't like wear them. Um, I, I can't leave the house. It's actually so bad. I wear glasses so much that like, even if it's not super bright outside, if I take off my glasses, it's still too bright for me because my eyes are so used to being shielded at all times that like my eyes have become incredibly sensitive. Like if I have to shoot outdoors without sunglasses on, I have to do that annoying thing where I like blink and then open my eyes and then blink for three seconds and open my eyes like the whole time because I can't keep my eyes open. I mean, sunglasses are a vibe. Let's be real. I mean, they really are. They really are. Yeah, a vibe. Like, I have this habit of like, so like, let's say I won't wear like sunglasses in Tunis. I won't uh, in in France. I won't wear sunglasses in Dubai. But every time I'm in Tunis and driving, I feel like I need sunglasses. I mean, when it's you're just, driving, you absolutely have to wear sunglasses. No, but it's part of the vibe. Music, glasses. Sun, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Music, driving, sunglasses. It comes with a package. I have no I, idea how you're in Dubai not wearing sunglasses. You're literally like on the equator. Like. No, but like half my face is covered anyway. You know. Oh yeah, true. You're wearing so, the hat. You're wearing the hat. Yeah, I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat. So anyway, like, by the way, it protected my skin so much. It's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. Wearing a hat is actually like if wear sunscreen and wear a hat, that's like the ideal way to protect your skin from the sun. Like a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do not, I don't know who is sunscreen. I don't know her. I don't know. No, you need to wear sunscreen. Oh my God. I'm going to literally harass you every week from now on and be like, put on sunscreen, put on sunscreen, put on sunscreen. It's totally weird. I never experienced sunburn. I don't know what it is. So it's not about sunburn. It's about skin cancer. You don't want skin cancer. (laughs) Well, I'm not really, honestly, I don't expose myself to the sun that much. You live in Dubai, homie. The sun is everywhere. (laughs) Like we're under, we're living in like closed fridges. You know what I mean? That's true. But like, do you have windows? Um, yeah, but I don't open them. It doesn't matter. Unless I guess. Like like I'll open the window before I leave, let's say, but I don't, I'm not staying in the space. I'm out. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to fully text you on a weekly basis and be like, Hey, Osama sunscreen. You like sunscreen? sunscreen? I'm going to start sending you links. Be like, Hey, check out this sunscreen. Check out this sunscreen. Actually I had a sunscreen phase and then. I love that you had a phase. Had a sunscreen phase. I had a sunscreen phase, but it made me look, it made me look great. You were using the wrong sunscreen. Trust me. Don't don't even worry about it. I'm going to tell you what sunscreen to use. It's not going to make you look great. In fact, it's going to make you look so like radiant. Okay. Anyway, once we're back <laughs> to shooting season, 
<laughs> I hope so. Once we're back to shooting season and I'm shooting outdoors, I'll have to protect my skin. There's I, not even. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That makes me, I can sleep better at night knowing that you, your skin is protected <laughs> from the sun. I'm very invested. Um, but I wanted to talk to you because as I always do, I stalked you online. I stalk all my guests online before, you know, I do the episode and I saw that you styled a campaign for Amina Moadi and I like lost my shit. Oh, I love Amina Mahdi. I didn't. Everyone that knows me knows I'm obsessed with Amina Mahdi. Okay, because I had seen the photos before. I didn't know that you were the stylist, and like I like actually like freaked the fuck out because I was like, oh my god, I love. I remember seeing this and being like, I love that skirt. I love this. I love that. And like everything about those that campaign was beautiful. Like her makeup, like that. She had like a glossy lid at once. It was very like editorial yeah, yeah, yeah. makeup and like I just I remember loving every single image I saw I was like obsessed and there was I think a video too yeah there's a video yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the video was so well done and everything about it I was like obsessed with it but dude that's like incredible how did you like how do you like the, I feel like there's people listening who like yeah. So yeah, yeah I was in Tunis okay so in Tunis and my friend Prod texted me he's like listen uh, we're shooting this and that, and it's for uh, so it was for Amina's launch in Level Shoes, and they're like, yeah, uh, Amina's launching her shoe line in, in Dubai and blah blah blah. So I like I really wanted you on board, and I'm like, um, I'm in Tunis. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I really wanted you on board again. <laughs> I'm like, all right, when's the shoot? So I flew back, and I arrived like I think two days before the shoot, which coincidentally uh, was the weekend in Dubai. So. I couldn't really source clothing. So I only sourced from one showroom, like three pieces or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the rest is wearing my, she's wearing things from my closet. Wait, seriously? Yeah. She's wearing a full suit from my closet. She's wearing one of my blazers. Dude, that's <laughs> incredible. Sweet. You're super resourceful. Also, that's amazing. You know, I was like, God, like, how are we going to do that? And then I was like, okay, blazer taking like let's take the top off i was like let's we're, we're doing topless blazer take take the top yeah, off yeah 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 um, and it was in september dubai heat humidity level was insane it was so humid yeah it was like it was probably 55 degrees or more oh my god uh, and then she had to change in the car and then there was like a part of the video where like it's on the rocks and stuff like that and oh it was just it was it was crazy but like the vibe was great and like so they did like a launch party the day before the shoot. So we met the day before, um, which is always great to like break the ice. Oh my God, down. definitely. Yeah. It's really nice to it's meet great, like, before you're like, okay, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And then it was an intense shoot, but the result just ended up being like amazing for for at least what we planned. And the time the time I had at least was like, I was like, oh my God, like actually, I actually, it could have been a catastrophe. Yeah. But you made it work. Uh, yeah, surprisingly. And I was like, oh my God, like after taking this shoot and like obviously realizing once I landed that all of the showrooms were closed, I was like, um, <laughs> what about next time you shut your mouth and just say no? <gasps> no, but like, no. that's such an amazing opportunity. Like, how could you say no to that? Like, you just, you can't, you absolutely can't. Yeah, but honestly, also at the time, uh, the brand wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but the thing is, is like, I, I followed her on Instagram before her brand was even a thing just because 
I loved her style so much. Like she, she definitely, she has an eye. So when I found out she was designing shoes, like I was like, Oh, they're obviously going to be amazing. And I mean, they are like, there isn't a pair of her shoes that I'm not, that I'm like, ew, gross. Like I hate those. Every pair it's like, okay, that's dope. And they're like her little signature heel style, everything about it. Like they're, they're amazing. They're amazing. And then she used to, she used to design, I think she's still designing with Alexandre Vautier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was already designing shoes, but I remember like my friend was telling me, he was like, so basically like you're styling the designer. And I was like, what do you mean I'm styling the designer? He's like, you're styling the designer. And I was like, yeah, but what kind of designer? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a hot, flaming hot girl. And I was like, how hot? I didn't <laughs> think it would be that hot. I had no clue. I had no clue. Yeah. But honestly, she's super comfortable. It was like, actually, now that I think of it, it was, it's such a sweet memory. It was an amazing shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're a guest stylist for level shoes, which is so like, I feel like such a fun thing. I actually worked with level shoes like a year and a half ago. And I remember everyone from their team just being so nice. Like I did a shoot for this campaign that they did and just everything about it. Like they really like, I feel like, it doesn't like, and I, I say this in the, the best way possible. It doesn't just seem like a Dubai brand. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they know what the fuck they're doing. No, no, no. It was honestly, it's, it's, they're great, great people. Like, so my first experience with level was the Amina campaign. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them happened. Uh, I went with them to Tunis in April to shoot a campaign as well. Um, it was great. It was honestly just great. And then obviously I was like, well, um, like the com- the concept crossed my mind and I was like, guys, I feel like, you know, like there, there needs to be like a styling space in the store. And they were like, wow, we thought about this too. And then I was like, well, I'm down. And then it just all fell together. Like, I, and I got super involved in the project. Like um, I designed the space with them. Like I, like from the lights in the sail- uh, on the ceiling to the color of the glass. Like I literally got involved so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is amazing though that they were collaborative with you on that and they were willing to take your input because i don't think they gave me so much freedom yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. they gave me so much um and i was like yeah like i want like you know like this shelves where we can have like a product selection and this is how i want it to look like a bit raw honestly they were super open um they were very open um and then it became like an exchange of like i my input their input my input their input um and it's been fun honestly like so uh for now i'm here for the summer okay uh which i don't know maybe it's going to be longer maybe not i don't know how we're going to do it for now but it's it's fun honestly like every every week i can just like it's basically like my space and i can just play with it the way i want that's so fun that's like every fashion lover's dream honestly yeah it's fun like and they have a good selection of pieces it's well Like I can curate what's already curated. Do you know what I mean? A a thousand percent. And I feel like they have, and like for a while now, they've had like a lot of designers that, you know, again, like I feel like you wouldn't expect a Dubai based brand, like company to have those brands, those smaller brands, but they've been on top of it from like, from the job. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time, big time. And honestly, they just like, uh, every time I've worked with them, they've been really like supportive and they actually trusted me. Yeah. Um, in, so I forgot. I think it was in March. Uh, I worked with them on the Midnight Zero Zero campaign too. Mm-hmm. I don't I know think, if you know Midnight Zero Zero. I, th- I, wa- like, I feel like I might have seen it. 
Sorry. They're like points <laughs> covered in plastic and like there's like ruffles all around them and they have like little dots. You probably saw them. I'm pretty sure I saw it. Yeah. But I'm like, I see like so many things online that sometimes my brain is just like mush. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're great. And they like, they launched them here. And like, I was just, honestly, they're great. They're great. They launch things, they launch brands. They like, anyway, color, they're very collaborative. It's, they're a fun bunch of people to work with. That's really amazing. And, um, I think that also like it's really cool to me that I don't think that there are a lot of companies like Level Shoes. So to me, it's like something that I'm proud of that it's based in an Arab country. I think that's so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, it was fun. And then, um, yeah, honestly, I have, plus I have a really cool relationship with them. Yeah. Uh, recently, also, I joined. Uh, I joined Farfetch, so oh sick! I love Farfetch. Yeah, honestly, like, just was just so like meant to be because I was like, I need like, you know, like I love e-com and like I feel like it's like the future of fashion. But what's an e-commerce that like looks like me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like the thing, like, the thing about Farfetch that I love is that like I will be looking for like let's say like a pair of shoes and I can't fucking find them anywhere. And then they'll have them on Farfetch. Like, it's like the shit that you've been looking for, they have it, they have it in your size and they source it for you. And it just shows up at your door. And it's like the most delightful thing in the entire world. But what are you doing at Farfetch? So, um, as Farfetch, I'm, um, a private client stylist. Okay. I deal with like our private clients. Um, and yeah, I'm like their stylist basically. That's so sick. And I feel like that's also really fun because Farfetch also has like such an amazing curation of like different pieces from different brands. And I just think that they do it so well. So that's probably really fun. Yeah. Like we have like, there's a huge offering of products. So like there's a lot of brands and plus like my first ever experience with Farfetch is when I, so I uh, was working on two of their campaigns, the Ramadan one and the eight mm-hmm. one uh, that I helped, I helped styling and stuff. Actually, like it was a, great job um and then it just like unfolded and um and then like some campaigns are coming as well and stuff so it's it's fun because i get to do both which is the great side of things yeah and like i want to like kind of like get your input what what are some styling kind of tips that you have that you feel like are super like you don't even think about it. Like it just comes naturally to you, but you feel like you wish other people kind of thought more about or considered. Like, Yeah. Just like some styling tips, how to elevate your looks in like easy ways or like maybe like a, a wardrobe, some, a piece that you need to have in your wardrobe and stuff like that. Like what are kind of some, some easy ways to just, yeah. And I think it should be time to, for it to be over it's short socks, especially for men. When you say, what do you mean short socks? We don't need to see your ankles. Just wear high socks. It's, it's, it's back. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you're over ankles. (laughs) Yeah, I'm over ankles. I'm over ankles. You're like, ankles ankles are canceled. Ankles are canceled. (laughs) That's going to be the title of this episode. Just so you know. Uh, Ankles are canceled. It's just like, you know how like we had this whole like, oh, honestly, especially for guys, we had this whole like phase of like, yeah, like short pants and crop pants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
even if the pants are cropped, you're wearing high socks. How do you? Yeah, and because I, I feel like it's kind of become a little bit of like a dated look. Like it's done, it's over. Like you know, the loafer with the no socks, and it's 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 over. It's done. It's played out. It's also very preppy. It's very preppy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Now it's just like it's nice to have like a short pant, a long sock. That's like it doesn't need to be. a print or drawing yeah. can be plain <laughs> can be plain black or white and then like just a nice sneaker like a shoe but it's i feel like socks are just nice to show it's so funny i literally just um i was gonna say i bought them but i didn't this brand contacted me and i literally all the things i picked out were socks because i'm like i really want to try to implement socks into my style now that it's going to be fall and winter coming up like even though i live in florida so like weather doesn't exist here or seasons don't exist here but like you know when i'm yeah. traveling to other places i want to i feel like so- socks are like a fun way to to make your look look like you put more effort into it than you did I mean, I feel like for men, I like them plain. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like the fact that they're visible with a sh- like something that's like a shortcut is in, in itself like somehow, of a, yeah. you know, like detailed, detailed statement. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just like, I'm just over cropped. Like I, we love everything that's like slouchy or slouchy and cropped is nice. Though. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. really like slouchy with like a slight tailored feel kind of look is, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the Victoria Beckham look. Oh, my God. Uh, honestly, she has impeccable personal style. I mean, her collections are always amazing, but just her style is beautiful. And like all of the pieces from every season, I'm just like, yes, this is, I I could live in this entire collection. Honestly, this renewal from like this Spice Girl heavy tack to like a new like... She has this like very like approachable approach to fashion. Yeah. Not, I mean... Brand is really expensive. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> Approachable. I'm talking like in her personal style. Yeah. It's extremely wearable. Yes. But it's very nice and interesting fabrics and cuts. And everything is just like falls together. It's like you look at it and you're like, wow. Like I, as a guy, I would look at her looks and she would be wearing like oversized Churchill necks and it's like tailored pants and like a pair of Stan Smith. And I would be like, first of all, that's the shit. Yeah. And it's so wearable. It's so wearable. It looks so comfortable. Like, it just looks easy. You know? Exactly. And I, th- it's like, she has it looks effortless, but like still fits well and, and moves well. And I, and like, you can just tell it's all well-made pieces and they're just very easy. Yeah. 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 Easy is the word. I mean, I don't know if they're easy to afford. No, definitely. Which is easy to wear. <laughs> you <laughs> you might not be able to pay your rent. Who can say for sure? But you know, you might have to starve, but I mean... You'll be so yeah, skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, talking about Victoria Beckham, it's interesting because she's actually filling that, you know, current gap in the market that's like, that was filled by Celine before. I was you know what I mean? 100% thinking that as soon as you brought up Victoria Beckham, I was like, because she has the look that Phoebe brought to Celine, which is the more tailored kind of masculine pieces, that classic look with a little bit of like a easy feel to them like that's literally what celine used to be which is crazy now because it's basically just saint laurent now which is i mean yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and it's like a very like non-sexualized woman yeah, you know what I yeah. Mean? it's like very like it's almost rough but it's like a good rough it's like it's a brute version of it which is uh, i don't know i love it 
I love it. And I mean, like, uh, of course I was sad when she left Celine, but I, I wasn't as sad as people on the internet were. I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I wasn't, it didn't consume my mind because I think that we all know at the end of the day, like whatever, however long a designer has been at a fashion house, eventually they're going to leave. They're not going to stay forever, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I genuinely love change. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So whenever a designer leaves the house, I'm like excited. Okay. Like, We'll regret you, but I mean, just it's about time. Like the same time, I believe. Like I feel like every house needs a renewal. Like the same, uh, uh, Givenchy, for example. Like Ricardo st- stayed there for like over over ten years. Yeah. I think it was fourteen or thirteen years, or a bit less. But it, it, it just it, you impacted the house. You had you did you achieved amazing things. It's time for us to see someone new. And I, I actually like this thing, although. I agree with the fact that the musical chairs in the fashion industry is a very, uh, you know, unstable and hard thing to adapt to from a customer perspective. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because it's like, okay, I'm loyal to this brand. I like the look. I like that signature. Let's say, yeah, like you like Givenchy. You like that signature kind of Givenchy look. I mean, for for that to change, you're just kind of like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't what I came to this brand for. Exactly. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's part of the thing now. It's just part of the thing. Um, now there's like all of this, like, plus I feel like it's the, you know, the the time of the, where like fashion houses had their eras and stuff is a bit over. It's done. Yeah. Now it's like little short hypes here and there. And the more niche, the better. Oh, kind of. 100%. The more niche, the better is like so true, especially on Instagram. Like, if it's like a little start out niche brand, like that's who everyone wants to start wearing because everyone is already wearing all the same shit. So you want to wear shit that no one else is wearing. Yeah. Big time, big time. And it's all about like discovering those niche brands before everyone else does. But honestly, some people kind of like manage to, you know, keep the, like, especially like celebrities, some, some of them manage to keep the niche, High niche, but still niche, if it makes sense. Like, for example... <laughs> like, explain. Like, <laughs> explain. Yeah, example. yeah. So, for example, like, Rihanna stepped out in Amina Maad. Yeah. And I was like, okay, amazing exposure for her. It's an amazing, um, you know, like, uh, great pick. Like, obviously, she has a stylist, but, like, it's amazing. Whether when I saw Kylie Jenner with a pair of Amina Maad's, I was like, oh, shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, well... Okay, Amina, we love you. I love you a lot, but I guess that now it's like it's just become it's just going to become mainstream. And that's even high, dude. And like I feel like that's such a fashion mentality because that's exactly how I feel. I remember I got these this shirt from Ghani, and then I saw Kylie Jenner wear it, and I remember being so fucking bummed out because I hadn't worn it yet, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't, I don't even want to wear it anymore." Like I don't like not. I don't hate Kylie Jenner, but I just feel like it becomes super mainstream. As soon as Kylie wears it, everyone is going to want it. People who don't know anything about fashion are going to start wearing these pieces. And I'm just like, these are sacred things. They're not for you. (laughs) (laughs) These are secret. Honestly, that's exactly it. And then even like, honestly, I, I, honestly like the, the, the Kardashians. I find them super fun. Yeah. 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 Like once something has reached them and they've stepped out with it, it's canceled. I mean, it's over. It's just over because it becomes 
overly commercialized and it just becomes extremely mainstream. That's what it is. It becomes overly commercialized. And there's like something about that. The little weirdo teenager in my mind is like forever in the back. Like, oh, you can't wear that anymore. Like, no, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I mean, obviously for brands, it's a great. Yeah. I mean, it's great exposure for them. It's 100% great exposure. Like Kylie Jenner has been wearing like probably like more than 10 Jacquemus full head to toe mm-hmm. fit, which is amazing for him. And it somehow made, made him more of a mainstream brand, let's be real. But then he still has his credibility as a brand that just blew up in a year. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like Jacquemus was one of those brands where you never heard of him and then you couldn't stop hearing about him. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was like an overnight, just kind of like everyone was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like this is it. But genuinely, I first thought that Jacquemus was a summer fling. I, I literally. I mean, it, it, it's really hard to say, especially. And I, I can't say that I didn't kind of feel the same way because, especially the hype that was around it, it was just so much for a newer designer that it was like, how is this sustainable? How is he going to keep yeah, this excitement going? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, now. You know, like they have the the house has this dynamic where like they do some more niche collections mm-hmm. where like you have to like fashion to like it, and then they'll go to or like they'll do a uh, let's say a collection with like very accessible accessories that everyone can like and wear, and a bit of like more elaborated apparel. You know, what yeah. I mean? Like I have the. I have I forget what the name of it is. I have like the really one of his small tiny little bags. You know, those little micro bags that you can fit like one thing in it. The one with the one handle. No, the one with the two handles. And it kind of looks like um, an envelope on the side with three little folds. I actually got it on Farfetch. I was looking for, I remember I was looking for it everywhere and I found it on Farfetch. I can't remember the name of it, but I have that bag and I live in Florida and I live in the suburbs and I get compliments on that bag all the time. And I feel like a normal person would like that. But like, for me, I was like, why does this person like my bag? Like, Like, why does this person like my bag? Like, kind of makes me hate my bag a little bit. Like, kind of makes me never want to carry it again, which is a ridiculous way for a brain to work. That's just how my brain works. Yeah, I mean, the the I guess the great thing about the, the brand and this new brands like that are now, you know, like working very well is that they have something very like, I want to say everybody about them. But they're still very elitist brands. But in a way, it makes the approach of these brands very... It has a snobby side to it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, fashion is basically telling you, this looks like everyone would wear, yeah. but this costs three times more. But do you know what I 100%. mean? 100%. It's like, we elevated the data. Yeah. Basically. And I, but I do, I do think that contemporary brands are the move right now. Because for as long as I could remember, like a lot of fashion brands and their pieces like they were not accessible to me like you had to be like super wealthy to be able to afford pieces unless you know by some chance it went on sale or something like that and I remember I would save up so much to buy like one designer bag but with all these little contemporary brands popping up that their price range is way more affordable I mean still not cheap by any means but more affordable it does make it easier to like play with fashion when you can buy it a little bit easier. I mean, it's definitely still not cheap, but it's, I, I like the direction that fashion is going in right now where like the, there are different kind of price points for brands that are still as, I don't know, like fashionable, yeah, I guess. You yeah, know what I mean? I agree. 
It's like everyone can live with a little something. Almost. Exactly. And it's not like Zara or some fast fashion brand. It's still well-made. It's still, you know, you're... I mean, worst case scenario, you have, you, 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 you leave with your t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, unless it's a $600 uh, LVT, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the one thing I can't get behind is like really expensive t-shirts because I without a fail, anytime I've ever bought a t-shirt have destroyed it when I washed it. I don't know what my problem is. I just love destroying clothes when I wash my clothes. I guess I should stop doing laundry. I don't know. But like... I feel like washing clothes is the thing that ruins them the most. Yeah, like... It clothing the most. It's actually insane. Yeah. So now, whenever I care about a piece of clothing, I literally wash it with shampoo. I swear to God, I wash it with shampoo because... Uh, shampoo hair is a super delicate thing so if it's washing hair it's gonna wash oh no a hundred percent but like the thing is is like it's so hard to do that because then you have to like wash it and then you have to like wring it out and like i'm lazy i don't want to do that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly i'm lazy i don't want to i don't want to deal with a wrinkly t-shirt now that i fucking yeah turned it and all the way but i will say i learned a trick recently because i also as much i i not only do i damage things in the washer i also damage things in the dryer all the time i just damage shit constantly but i shrunk i shrunk a shirt and i shrunk my turkish robe which i like live in my turkish robe when i'm at home like it's like i it's my uniform and I wa- I like soaked it in conditioner for 30 minutes and you can stretch the fabric or like the fibers back out and like everything went back to its normal size. Like I was mind boggled. I was like, wait, did I really just save the shirt that shrunk and looked like a baby shirt? Oh my God. <laughs> I Yeah, yeah. By the way, washing clothes and the way you actually take care of them is insane. Uh, like yeah. now, I used to iron my stuff a lot and now... I literally just steam and then like do the little touch-ups with the iron when I have time. But yeah, it's just like, it's so, it's so easy to damage clothing. No, a hundred percent. And like, that's why I don't even have an iron. I only have a steamer. I actually recently got a new steamer. I think the brand is like Rowana something, Row something. It's supposed to be yeah. Rowenta. It's supposed to be like the best steamer in the world. I've come to the conclusion that like all steamers kind of suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the portable one? Do they have a portable Yeah, one? I got the portable one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's better than most steamers I've used, but steaming will always take longer than ironing. Like, there's yeah. I mean, you won't get the same result either way. Yeah. Like I know, I literally like pay attention to the tiniest details, and when you iron, you can go to a crazy angle mm-hmm. and just flatten the shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, with an with a steamer, it's very much of like oh quickie, you know. What I mean? Especially like when you're ironing trousers, I feel like you're never. It's never gonna look the same if you steam it. Like never. Like you're never gonna be able to iron it the same. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah. I and I hate wrinkles so much. Not like just so much. So yeah, I I'll spend twenty minutes steaming like one piece of clothing. Yeah, honestly, steaming is the future. <laughs> steaming is the steaming is the future. Oh my god, I love all these statements that you're making. Honestly, um, but on this has been super fun. Um, I want to wrap up, but before we do, where can people find you online? Like you know, and do you have anything that you want to promote or plug or anything coming soon? This is you know whatever you want. Um, what I want to promote and plug. So I'm mostly on Instagram yeah. all the time. Osama Shabi, where I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I used to talk more shit, but 
I can't get myself in trouble anymore. So, oh my god, uh, fashion, fashion statements will be made in silence. <laughs> They'll be made on my Finsta. <laughs> oh my god, and I need to find your Finsta because I want to hear all the shit talking. Oh, problematic space. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, by the way, random as hell. I wanted to launch a podcast, but it's like such a dude. You uh, should do it. A business, like a kind of like a business of fashion for like dummies. You know what I mean? Business of fashion for dummies. I love it. I'll listen to it. You know, something like that. But I mean, it's just still in the draft. So for now, nothing is real. But watch the space. Maybe, maybe. Space. I I just feel like I needed to have like, you know, like to come together and have a conversation with like you know, like a, a fashion editor or someone, like maybe team up with a publication to give it more substance. Oh, no. And I definitely think that as far as like creating a podcast, if you if you did team up, that would make your life a lot easier. Like 100%. I mean, exchanging is definitely way better than just sitting here and talking because most probably I'm going to go to the excess and say things I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> so let's avoid That's basically let's my avoid podcast. That. My podcast is me saying a bunch of shit that I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> and then I forget that I say them. And then people will DM me and be like, I just listened to your podcast. And you said this, this, and this. And I was like, fuck, I did say that. Oops. Like, like soon they're going to be like, listen, Steaming of the future, ankles are canceled, and Norris <laughs> Basically. But also cancel culture is canceled, so you can't cancel me anymore. Cancel culture is canceled. Yeah, cancel culture is not a thing anymore. We're accepting everything and everything. Yeah. So I mean you can try to cancel me, but it's just not gonna work out. But uh, yeah, you can follow Sama on Instagram and you could follow me at Nor E. You can follow the podcast at Arab American Psycho, new episodes every Sunday, and I'll talk to you psychos later. Bye.